Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Crash, the UK geek show. This is episode 271, recorded on Monday, the 24th of June, 2019, at 13.02.18. Yes, that is a little bit of an odd time to do a podcast, but I put some time aside to do some very urgent hedge trimming that needed to be done before it became uncontrollable and I did that and I was going to head to the spot of writing but my back is absolutely well it's not going to be easy for me to sit down for too long not after hauling all that heavy equipment up and down a ladder and pushing a huge broom and doing all that stuff So instead, I'm doing a podcast. And you would have thought after all that work, and it was a lot of work, I would be ready to eat something huge like a dinosaur, but no. I was so tired, I could only manage a sandwich. And a bottle of cider, which I have just here with me. Why am I telling you all this? No reason, really, just trying to ease my way into the podcast. The first thing that you will notice if you have a podcast client that can open links is that the show notes are now in HTML. I've come to the conclusion at last that no one really wants to read plain text. From today, you are getting HTML. I've even gone as far as commenting out the technical details of the podcast, like what mic I use, show directions, all that stuff. It now looks more like a standard blog post. But if you do want to see those technical details, you need to view the source code of the show notes. To do that, just press Ctrl U on a desktop browser. In Android Chrome, it's a little bit different. You need to prepend, that is put before the web address, view-source colon. And that should bring up the source code of the web page. But yeah, there you are. You now have a proper blog post for each episode. I will go back and do the older episodes when I have time. But from now, we are getting HTML. (laughs) I don't know why I'm trying to make it sound so revolutionary, because everyone uses HTML notes. But it's taken me a while to get there. And the other thing you may have noticed is, yes, this podcast is late. My excuses are, well, you might still be able to hear. I had a combination of cold, and it's allergy season now, and I also had some stomach problems, and a few other things I won't go into here that made me feel worse for wear, a little miserable, and really put a kink in my daily routine. As a creative, it is so easy to veer from your set timetable when you are your own boss. But this won't happen again. 
I have a very strict routine of things I need to do now, and I'm sticking to it. The second thing is, why has it taken so long to return to the rewatch? There was a lot of other geek news, and also it's quite hard producing these single-topic episodes, because you have to watch the entire set of programs that I cover in these rewatches, and then you have to write about it. And you have to think about it, and then you have to correct what you have written and rewrite it. Anyway, it's a long process, and the rewatch is back now. And we are picking up where we left off in Crash episode 265 when we talked about Day of the Daleks. Today, we are talking about the next adventure, which is The Curse of Peladon. And just a little bit about the cast and production. Again, we are with the Third Doctor, played by John Pertwee, of course. Joe Grant, his assistant, played by Katie Manning. David Troughton plays a key role as King Peladon. David Troughton is indeed Patrick Troughton, the Second Doctor's son. This... Adventure was directed by Lenny Main. It was written by Brian Hales, and the producer was Barry Letts. The story consists of four 25-minute episodes first broadcast from the 29th of January to the 19th of February, 1972. And before I tell you what happens... Let's hear a little excerpt that I cut together. Delegate from Alpha Centauri has arrived, Your Majesty. He will present his credentials. Then the discussions can begin. You will persist then in this folly. Nothing I can say will deter you. Hepesh, you have already had your say in the Grand Council. The question has been discussed and decided. Yes. This is a tiny fault in the interstitial beam synthesizer. So I can put that right later. Doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. You're sure we're back at base? Yes, well, everything outside seems perfectly normal. Atmosphere, temperature... Gravity? Yeah. Cheer up, Joe. It's a perfect landing. You did say perfect. Yes, my apologies to the committee, but um, our space shuttle crash landed down the mountain. I wonder if something could be done about rescuing it. That will be arranged. I am Hepesh, High Priest of Peladon. How do you do? You yes, have saved you. our lives. Thank you. I'm sorry to have been so abrupt it's about it. We well, I feel definitely wobbly at the knees. Hagador has been merciful. We must give thanks that you have all been spared. I think we should investigate what caused this, Hepesh. I agree! If only it's a matter of protocol. It is a sign of Agador's anger. His ghost walks amongst us. Meet up on the 
Fortunately, the scheme has been foiled, so all is well. Ah, but is it? Yes, Arcturus is dead. But Hepesh is still very much alive. Do not listen to the alien! I am your high priest, but I speak for Agador. And I choose you, Hepesh, of being not only a traitor to your king, but also to your sacred trust. Do not listen to the alien! This is not Agador's spirit! I will show you the reality of this creature. I am his master. When I speak, he obeys. Agador! Agador! Kill him! To save our world, to preserve the old ways. Perhaps I was wrong, Paladin. I hope so. The future you set so much store by is yours now. There will be no punishments. The memory of this unhappy day shall be wiped from our history. Your Majesty. Right. Take a look at this. The TARDIS. Wow. Some of Paladin's stout lads heaved her up the mountainside for us. Is she all right? Yes, never better. Shall we join the procession? Yes. Tell you, my good fellow, I am the official Earth delegate. But the doctor is the accredited Earth delegate. Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? The doctor. Forgive me, I never want to see that coronation. Never mind. I could always go to Queen Victoria. Yes. Queen Victoria, I've already seen Queen Victoria's. I have not. Let's go again. All right. Where are they now? I think they were in the delegate's conference room. Come, I will take you there. Okay, so you heard that. The TARDIS lands precariously, and as the Doctor and Joe leave, it falls, leaving them in a bit of a sticky situation. They are on a feudal planet, which is at the moment courting ambassadors from a federation, 
the ambassadors of Alpha Centurions, Arcturans, and Martian Ice Warriors. The reason these delegates have come to this primitive planet is the planet is hoping to join the Galactic Federation as a new member. And because of the timing of the Doctor's arrival, the Doctor and Joe are mistaken for the Earth delegation. Unfortunately, the delicate negotiations are threatened by the suspicious death of Torbis, one of the King's chief advisors who is pro-Federation. Everyone suspects everyone else. It becomes something of a murder mystery. Later, the Doctor explores the palace network of tunnels and encounters a mythical beast called Agador. It is the monstrous royal beast that appears on the royal crest and has some mythological importance. Instead of being consumed by the monster, the doctor manages to hypnotize it and then soothes its aggressive tendencies by singing to it. The doctor tries to tell the king, but the high priest forces him into trial by combat for the crime of sacrilege. The doctor wins, utilising his Venusian Aikido, or Judo, or Karate, or whatever he's calling it at the moment. Actually, I don't think he calls it anything in this story. But yeah, he does his martial arts and defeats his opponent, but spares his opponent's life. The Arcturan, called Arcturus, tries to shoot the Doctor, but is shot by the Ice Warrior bodyguard of the Ice Warrior delegate. Arcturus turns out to have been helping Hepesh. Hepesh was another of the King's advisors, the High Priest, who was anti-Federation, and the reason a Federation delegate was helping an anti-Federation activist, I suppose, was in the hope of securing exclusive mineral rights after the planet is isolated from the rest of the Federation. Hepesh, the villainous high priest, tries to kill the Doctor by setting Agador on him, but, as I've already said, Agador has been tamed by the Doctor. Instead, Agador kills Hepesh. The intrigue is finished. Joe refuses the King's marriage proposal. I think she thinks he's a bit of a wet blanket, and actually he was. The Doctor ponders the Time Lord's continued interference with the navigation circuits of the TARDIS in order to send the Doctor where he is needed most, which riles the Doctor, but it's for the good of the universe, so 
The Doctor and Joe stay for the celebrations, but then leave in a hurry when the real Earth delegate arrives and is outraged to hear that an imposter was responsible for the representation of Earth. And let me tell you what I thought. It's very obviously a murder mystery disguised as science fiction. But for me, I think that's absolutely fine. Because I quite like that murder mystery mixed with sci-fi. I love Larry Niven's Gil the Arm Hamilton stories. A set of stories about a UN cop in the future who has slight psionic powers but gets involved with mysteries slash police procedurals and science fiction. So if you're into that kind of thing, that's something else that I recommend. Larry Niven's Gildy Arm Hamilton stories. But yeah, I quite enjoyed the Doctor and Joe being entangled in this murder mystery. Agador, the royal beast, the monster. You know what? He's a bit short. I think John Pertwee might be taller than the monster. And when you see him quite clearly, I say him, it could be a she, but when you see it quite clearly, Agador looks like a cute bipedal boar. Not that scary. Although he does <laughs> kill Hepesh the High Priest. So I don't think the royal beast is to be taken lightly, despite its cute looks. There's also this great piece of comedic action when, while fashioning a hypnosis device, the doctor almost puts himself into a trance. <laughs> and there's also the doctor singing to the monster, a kind of lullaby. Listening to him do that, Almost sent me off to sleep as well. I'm not exaggerating for comedic value. It was very soothing hearing John Pertwee sing softly. I think if he had put out the record, and do you know what? His career in show business was so long that I'm sure he must have put out a record or two during that time. Though I haven't really researched that. But yeah, listening to his voice is quite soothing. And I was quite tired while I was watching, and it did just about almost send me off to sleep. Another thing that I thought was quite funny are some of the outfits. For example, why is the king wearing a miniskirt and thigh-high boots? To be fair, everyone in this culture seems to be wearing a kind of kilt, unless you're very old, but if you're young or you're a warrior, you wear this kilt thing, although I say kilt, it's a small black mini skirt. Yeah, combined with the thigh-high boots. <laughs> Poor David Troughton. I'm sure that outfit would have been a source of ribbing. I'm not sure I'd want to go to the BBC canteen wearing it. I'm not sure where this was filmed. And between takes, I don't think you can just change your outfit. I'd feel a right plank wearing that. 
another thing I noticed is that this is the second non-master episode in a row, which is a relief. I really like the master. I think Roger Delgado makes a splendid master. But having him behind every single plot every week was wearing very, very thin. It really killed any sense of suspense or surprise. I'm quite glad that he wasn't in this one. Hopefully he won't be in the next few either. I'm not quite ready for his return. Finally, although this was made back in the distant 1970s, it is easy to view this as a really obvious modern post-Brexit allegory, with Arcturus representing America, or Trump, or China, or some other major country wanting to exploit the isolation of the UK. It was very, very telling. I read some other analyses of this story that mentioned the negotiations for Britain to join the EU, but I can't remember when that was, and I didn't look too deep into that. So perhaps that was something foremost on the minds of the writers. But seen from a modern perspective, it definitely, definitely felt like the situation that we're in now. Oh, I forgot to mention... Ah, I should have mentioned this earlier. How did I skip right past this? I suppose because it was a big paragraph of text and my lazy brain just wanted to swoop to the next shorter point. But yeah, the aliens are quite interesting looking. Arcturus in particular, and now that I've just said Donald Trump, <laughs> Arcturus is a brain in a jar. I thought Arcturus was quite scary. He's a brain in a jar on top of a Dalek-like device. His face is like an even more hideous version of Davros. And he's got these tendrils sticking out of his head. I'd go as far as saying Arcturus is actually worse than the brain of Morbius monster, which was one of only two episodes that gave me nightmares as a child. The other, which we'll get to eventually, actually we haven't even got to the brain of Morbius, but yeah, the other was also a Tom Baker story and was disliked intensely by the Puritan crusader Mary Whitehouse who not many of you probably know about, unless you're about my age. But yeah, the other one that scared me was the Seeds of Doom. Do you remember the Cabbage Man? Oh, that was quite frightening. Yeah, as I said, both starred Tom Baker, so thank you, Tom, for literally making me hide behind the sofa. As for the other aliens... I thought the timid Alpha Centurion to be quite cute. It looks something like a one-eyed caterpillar, and it's got a, I'm assuming, segmented body and multiple arms, and it has a gentle, high-pitched voice. 
Again, another Larry Niven reference. Although an alien species called Persons Puppeteers in Larry Niven's stories is a very different type of alien. It looks like a two-headed emu with three legs. Completely different. The way the Alpha Centauran was quite timid reminded me strongly of those aliens from Larry Niven's universe. And it is interesting for a change to hear about aliens who are not vastly powerful, or they might be, but their personalities are quite timid. I quite liked that alien. The third delegation was the Ice Warriors from Mars, who I think are really cool, and given the opportunity, I'll do my Ice Warrior impression. But I won't do that today because I do it far too often, and I know how annoying it can be. I think, yeah, the Ice Warriors are really cool, and they're tough, and they are deeply honourable, and they're from Mars, and I really like them. Which is odd. I don't usually like militaristic aliens, but these soldiers from Mars, I'm okay with. And that is it for my chat about the Curse of Peladon. Hopefully... I'll be doing these Doctor Who rewatches on a more regular basis now that I've got everything set up and running and I'm feeling a little better because we have so many episodes yet to watch. If you're into Doctor Who, definitely subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe because, as I've said many, many times, this rewatch is a rewatch of the entirety of Vintage Doctor Who. And it really is a must for fans like me and you. And that's it. I have multiple things to do now, including editing, so I will just end the show here. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. And as I said at the top of the show, those notes are now nicely formatted in HTML. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend which is how I regard people who listen to this show. You were listening to Crash, the UK Geek Show, episode 271, recorded on Monday the 24th of June 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 13.30.16. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.